Welcome, Iron Radio listeners. This is IronRadio.org. I'm Robert Fortress Fortney, former editor at Muscle Mag International, uh, former competitive bodybuilder, and current strength enthusiast. And good afternoon, everybody. Charles Staley here, author of Muscle Logic, creator of vessel density training, and I'm also a master's category competitive weightlifter. Uh, Phil Stevens, uh, strength coach, competitive powerlifter, founder of LiftRope.org, and uh, future yoga aficionado. <laughs> Terrific. <laughs> Bill, it must have been difficult when you had to tell your parents you were gay. <laughs> All right, so anyway, well, moving on, and aside from that slur, uh, hey, uh, we have a, a very cool guest today uh, in, the, in, the, in the person of Jason Pegg, and... Uh, Jason uh, was uh, born and raised in Muncie. It's Indiana, correct? I always have a yes, sir. block. Yeah, and uh, um, uh, Jason attended uh, Yorktown uh, High School, where he's a multiple uh, uh, all-state athlete. Uh, then he went to uh, Ball State University, where he studied exercise science, was also a football player there. And then uh, after that, he was uh, off to the Army. Uh, he was actually on three different combat deployments, uh, so... Uh, Jason's a busy guy. After the Army, he came back to uh, competitive powerlifting. And uh, Jason's best lifts uh, in competition are a 915 squat, 565 bench, and a 725 deadlift. Those are uh, fairly insane uh, numbers. And he's just uh, recently, uh, if I'm not mistaken, just recently opened uh, uh, Muncie Personal Training. And uh, the website is jasonpegg.com, and that's with two Gs, so jasonpegg.com. Is that all correct so far? Yes, it sounds right. Awesome, Jason. I have to ask too. You guys can you guys can friend Jason on Facebook. Uh, and I was looking at the photos on your Facebook page, Jason. There was a picture of you and a golf club, and uh, I was wondering if that was for shock value or if you actually do play golf. Oh, I do play. Well, actually, it's kind of funny. I love the game, but I'm such a hack. I refuse to spend the money on lessons, and I play about I don't know four or five times a summer, and it's just. I don't know. It's a good way to get out and drink beer without my wife knowing, so uh, I enjoy it. You know, I was thinking, like, somewhere some some day uh, we should invent, like, a powerlifting golf league and uh, <laughs> get it on, getting it on video because Phil, Phil and I, I'm not a powerlifter but close enough, and Phil and I are also big time into golf and, and not terribly talented either. And the, the thing about the thing about lifters and golf is that, when your deadlift gets over seven or your squat gets over nine, uh, it, it is not favorable to fluid golf mechanics. <laughs> I, I don't even know what that means. I, I, I don't either. I just, it sounded good, but yeah, it just, it just there's some kind of uh, a disconnect there. You know, I just uh, there's a reason why the best golfers don't squat 900 pounds, I guess. Yeah, I just I blame my horrible swing on my overly muscular midsection. It's just, <laughs> just, just hard to rotate around all this. Muscle. Jason, what, so, uh, what is what, for for people just so people can get a visual? What and I don't even know myself. What is your height and weight? I am about uh, six feet tall, and right now I'm about uh, anywhere between two eighty five and two ninety. There you go. Well, that that's pretty light for a nine fifteen squat. Yeah, it's it's all gear. I'm not that strong. Ah, you're yeah. pulling seven twenty five. <laughs> that's pretty strong, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do all right, man. It's uh, you know, it's not it's not world shattering. Better than a lot of guys, but. I don't know. It's uh, could be better, but it could also be worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, was I right that you started your facility this year? Uh, yeah, actually, um, the gym. Uh, it's actually a training out of gym. We started a powerlifting gym. It's me and uh, 
about four other guys, you know, we uh, had a powerlifting team in the gym, and uh, the guy refused to spend any money on any equipment. Like, uh, he, he'd been open, and this is going to be a bit of a long story, so bear with me. But he'd been open about 10 years. And over the course of the 10 years, I'm going to say he had honestly spent less than $1,000 on equipment and <laughs> just maintenance for his play. I'm not even kidding. There, there was a hole in the roof in the back where our stuff was. But, um, you know, as we got – these guys started out as a Ball State powerlifting team, and then it kind of morphed as uh, – it actually went with, like, uh, Matt Winning. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him or not. But he started out, you know, single-ply, USATL, WADPA, I think it is. I can't remember. One of those other federations. And then, uh, you know, as he kind of morphed into the multiply stuff, started going over the west side, learning from Willie and those guys, the, the team transformed from a single-ply USAPL team, you know, kind of branched off from the university and got into the multiply stuff. Uh, for you guys that are familiar with powerlifting, you know, multiply guys use monoliths and things like that. So we actually ended up taking over the back room of this guy's gym, probably, I want to say he had maybe 600 square feet back there. We'd put, you know, a power rack and a monolith and a, a competition bench and some other stuff back there. Eventually got, you know, to the point where this dude, you know, and it's raining through the roof and it's 40 degrees, you know, because he doesn't have any heat. And we're like, you know, screw this. So we uh, picked up, moved our stuff out, and moved to another place. And that was probably a few years ago. Um, the personal training aspect of it started uh, – I guess you could say October, September, October. I got all the legal stuff done in October, and um, but it, it's at our facility there. So yeah, I've been open. It started this year. Very cool. And I, I want people to know too if they uh, if they head over to your website, JasonPeg.com. There's actually uh, a handful of kind of interesting articles, and uh, there's uh, there's some content over there for folks as well. So. Uh, so, uh, so that's pretty cool. Um, what, what are your? I always, I always love to hear uh, when, when guys are lifting in federations, uh, you know, equipped, and especially as equipment has gotten so crazy over the years. What, what your thoughts are on, uh, on equipment, and uh, uh, just, you know, w- would you prefer it didn't exist, or like, are, are you in favor of the, of the raw movement and powerlifting, or what are your thoughts on, on equipment? Um, well, <laughs> kind of funny you mentioned the, the raw movement. I'm a, honestly, I'm just a fan of being strong. I look at it as like anything else. You know, you, you, you do what you do, and, you know, wherever you compete in, whatever sport, to stay competitive with everybody yeah. else. You know, if you're a shot putter, you're not going to go out and throw a 20-pound shot because that that's what you think is right. Right. You know, you're not going to run a 100-meter dash in flip-flops because, well, you think track spikes are cheating. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will say some, some of the, the bench stuff, especially the shirts, you know, the, the bench stuff has got ridiculous. It's just, I don't know, old school, call me what you will. But, you know, when a guy benches more than he deadlifts, that to me is just, <laughs> it's pretty bad. I've actually, I've actually seen guys that bench more than they squat. And, I don't yeah. know. I mean, it, I, I think it, it does a lot to uh, kind of promote the sport as far as because the gear now is very technical. You know, yeah. you don't just throw on a squat suit and take your squat from 500 to 800. You know, a bench shirt won't take you from 450 to 700. You know, so there is a technical aspect. It's more than just, a, you know, kind of help levels it out for guys maybe yep. who aren't as strong but can get more out of the gear. But I think, you know, when you get 
you get, you know, 300 pounds out of a bench shirt, I think it's a little ridiculous. But, uh, you know, it's part of the sport like anything else. I'm not, yeah. you know, I can't knock it in that sense. I'm not a fan, but I can't knock it. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I think some of the negative uh, critique, and, and I sort of come from this camp too, is that I, I just wonder how many people it keeps out of the sport. You know, just because well, of the, ha- the hassle of it and, uh, you know, uh, I, I just, I just, on the one hand, it, it leads to all these big spectacular lifts, which is good for, for popularity. But on the other hand, I wonder how many people it keeps out of the sport, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, and, you know, honestly, look at it, too, you know, and Dave Tate has said this before, but powerlifting is not a big sport. He said, you know, based on his sales, you know, guys he's talked to, he figures that the sport of powerlifting in the United States is about 10,000 guys. You know, if that, so, you know, I mean, there, there's probably more guys that play frisbee golf on the weekend than go to a powerlifting meet. You know, so it's, it's not a real big oh, that sport. Was a, that was a slam. Well, coming from someone who's a weightlifter, um, there are way more powerlifters than weightlifters. So uh, yeah. don't feel bad. But I, so what's tough, though, is there's a lot of people that claim to be powerlifters, but never Oh, my God, people. yeah. You know, I yeah. talked to tons of people. Yeah, I'm a powerlifter. It's like, well, what have you done? What meets you? And they've never competed. So, I mean, there's there's a difference there too. Yeah. Yeah, but they don't even even guys who don't, you know, have never competed. They still, for some reason, I don't think a lot of people think that that means it's a sport. They take the term as just being like they went to the gym and they lifted some heavy things once in a while. Yeah. Yeah, like and and you know, I'm along the same lines. It's like, you know, those, those guys who call themselves bodybuilders, but you know, they'll never diet down ever. Yeah. Like you're, you're not a bodybuilder, you just look white. Yeah. You know, and, and there's there's nothing wrong with that. You know, yeah. nothing by any means. You know, competition in for everybody. You know, it yeah. may be stressful for a guy. You know, it works eight hours a week. You just want to get in the gym and get huge. You know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But you know, and I, I'm that way about a lot of things. Like, uh, you know, powerlifting is the same way. You know, if you're not a powerlifter if you haven't done a meet. You just lift heavy stuff in the gym. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, I feel the same way. Like, you'll see guys, oh, I train west side. Like, really? You live in Oregon. How do you train west side? <laughs> oh, you know, I use the same stuff they do. I said, oh, so you use conjugate periodization. You don't use west side. You're not west side. You don't train there. And that's just, I don't know if that's just me being overly anal or what, but that's, that's just how I feel about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I think another thing is, I mean, coming from, if it is hold people back in the sport, you know, equipment or, or raw or whatnot, I mean, I, I think, again, that's just an excuse. I mean, I, I lift raw out of my personal preference, but I lift in the APF, and I am usually the raw lifter. And, yeah. you know, nobody looks at me funny. You know, we're all doing the same damn thing. So, yeah, exactly. The, the, the only place, you know, with, with the raw lifting your own is like the, you know, just a zealous, you know, oh, you got gear on, that's not a real squat. You can walk out, that's not a real squat. You know, if the guy bends down with a weight, stands up, it's a squat. Yeah. You know, I hate to break it to you. Here's a dose of realism. You yeah. squat um, it. It takes, I mean, it takes a lot of balls to get under 900,000 pounds. I don't care what you're wearing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, for some guys, I, I just seriously just, like, I've come to the realization that, like, and, and this, you know, honestly doesn't speak for everybody. But a lot of guys use uh, raw lifting as an excuse to be weak. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. uh, I'm sure you're all aware of Sean Catterley. You Don't guys know, know Sean? Don't know him. Sean is the biggest raw mouthpiece. He's just a scumbag. Anybody listen gear, he'll trash him. 
You know, and, it, and it's funny too because at the same time he used to work for uh, John Enzer. Uh, you know, Enzer Powerlifting Gear. Wow. Yeah, wow. He used to work for John. But uh, and then he went to the House of Pain, which sells Enzer yeah. gear, yeah. and uh, all the time Powerlifting Watch. You know, basically any place that he could register his name. You know, and get his get a soapbox to stand on. You know, he's trashing all these guys. So oh, techno lifts, this and that. You know, talking about geared lifters. Uh, Sean did a meet. Probably, I'm going to say less than a month ago and pulled 385 at P20. Whoa, 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 whoa. He, he, he pulled 385, like, meaning pounds? Yeah, 385-pound deadlift at P20. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, it was the same guy who will trash somebody for come out, you know, yeah. and benching 700 in a shirt or... You know, his, his, wife, his wife should renegotiate their prenup based on that. But, uh, okay, keep going. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm guessing this dude, as much time as he spends on the Internet, he probably doesn't have a prenup. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was just a vague Tiger Woods reference, so I apologize for that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, all right, so a moment ago I kind of speculated that gear might be hurting powerlifter, but it, it kind of all powerlifting, but it also kind of occurs to me that maybe it, it helps the sport in the respect that there's, there's a commercial interest, you know. So, uh, you know, um, how much how, how much has powerlifting been helped, for example, by Dave Tate's site? And Dave Tate's site wouldn't be there if he didn't have a lot of gear to sell. And uh, so, in a way, um, you know, it's a double-edged sword, I guess. Well, um, yeah, kind of funny you that. You know, I, I've actually talked to Dave at length about it before. You know, and he'll he'll tell you because he'll get guys to uh, you know write into and bash him or whatever. But Dave makes basically no money off the powerlifting gear. Hmm. He carries it because he was a powerlifter, you know. A, gotcha. a lot of his stuff is the racks and the, you know, the information and the equipment. You know, he doesn't make much yeah. money off of the, yeah, uh, then the I, powerlifting I stand, gear. I stand corrected then. Having never sold the gear, I have no clue in the world, so there you go. Yeah, well, well, it's, it's like um, basically with anything in business, the niche market, you know, with 10,000 potential customers, very small. Yeah. You know, and, that, and that's across single-ply guys, raw lifters, you know, multi-ply guys. You know, the, the market is so small. You, there's, unless you're just doing something ridiculous, there's not a way to make a lot of money with it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, you know, it, it seems uh, a lot of people in the sport actually don't realize that. Yeah. You know, they do it and their buddies do it, so there are millions of power lifters out there, and they're like, no. You know, the, the, the amount of power lifters in the country could probably, you know, would fill a small town. Interesting. Interesting. Very cool. Well, uh, so let's talk a little bit about training. I mean, I'm sure people would would love to hear a little bit about your training approach, whether it's uh, conventional or unconventional. But, you know, not a lot of people get to the numbers that, that you've reached. And so uh, tell us a little bit about your training. You mentioned Westside. I mean, what kind of a... I guess I guess what what kind of a template do you follow, and and what's what's a weekly schedule look like? Um, right, right now I'm using uh, something called block periodization. Uh, don't yep. look at my training if uh, <laughs> right now it's uh, it's kind of nice. Like I uh, talked about earlier, trying to get into the uh, training aspect, and basically I'm jacking around with it, you know, doing what I think is right for yep. it. So um, you know, some some of the stuff I've done in the past six, eight, ten weeks has just been an absolute train wreck as far as that goes. I'm kind of fortunate that I've had some uh, some guys help me along the way. 
James Smith, you know, he had on a while ago. Uh, Jeremy Frey's helped me out some. Landon Evans, some of those guys who are big into uh, block periodizations, Eastern Method, stuff like that. Yep. Um, prior to that, I was using uh, Jim Wendler's 531 program, which is uh, I would recommend it to anybody who's looking for something easy yep. you know, and repeatable to do as far as that goes. And my kids are sneaking in the garage. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. <laughs> but, um, but uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much what I've got as far as programming. I've used that for about a year prior to switching over. Um, prior to that, I've done some West Side stuff, some uh, dog yeah, trap yeah. style stuff. Uh, right now I'm doing a, it's called a transmutation block. Mm-hmm. It's basically uh, where you get real strong. Uh, it's been explained to me that as far as like the, the powerlifting aspect goes, 90% of your strength gains over a training cycle for meat will come in this block. But like uh, I did 20 reps in the squat with uh, briefs and suits strapped down. Uh, did uh, worked up to 710 for a set of four. Then did some uh, rack pulls followed by some Olympic squats and some uh, Abs, and it was done. I was able to smoke. <laughs> yeah. Did, uh, you know, because I, when I got uh, wounded in Afghanistan, I can't really do much upper body training anymore. I've got an elbow that's just junk, so I can't do much pressing. Mm-hmm. So those workouts are just kind of fun, do whatever I want to, and sit around and make fun of guys in the gym. And, like, uh, I'll go in today, actually, probably about 4 o'clock. It's quarter after 2 now. Yeah, about 4 o'clock, and, uh, you know, hit up some uh, some deadlift do some sort of squat, another deadlift variation, and probably some more ab work can be done. Did you I, – I might have missed – did you say you were injured in Afghanistan? Yes, sir. I got uh, – I was actually wounded by a uh, IED my uh, second time in Afghanistan and uh, now retiree from the Army. Wow. Amazing. Um, well, so uh, pardon the abrupt segue, but uh, – I'd love to hear your uh, – let's get political here. What do you think about Obama sending uh, 30,000 troops into uh, Afghanistan? Um, <laughs> honestly, uh, you know, he, he can send a million troops, but if you don't let them fight, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I've, I've got some buddies, you know, who are actually over there now, and they say that the rules of engagement are so ridiculous, you know, yeah. it doesn't even matter. Wow. You know what I mean? So, in other words, before you make any kind of action, you have to go to the handbook, that kind of stuff? Well, to say, you know, there's no sense in putting, you know, two guys in a ring to fight and tell one of them, hey, you can't use your hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. It's a great analogy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just that that's the way it is. You know, it's, it's unfortunate that, um, you know, it's uh, more politically driven, but every uh, yeah, yeah. conflict is like that, so there's, you know, there's not really much to say. So, so I'm just, I'm just uh, satisfying my own curiosity because I'm interested in these things, and so forgive me if uh, this is not a training-related topic. But you know, if 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 the if the troops are allowed to fight over there, is Afghanistan winnable or is it not winnable? Well, I mean, it, it, honestly, it's hard to define winning. You know, yeah, they've, they've had a too. they've had a you know a government for uh, a supposedly stable government for five years now. Give or take, yeah. You know, it's just, it's just now, it's just you know, driving around through the through the mountains and the valleys, you know, making sure that uh, their government gets a chance to do what they can do, you know, to get themselves propped up. 
because it's uh, you know Afghanistan is not a big country, but it's not you know you just jump in your car and drive two hours to somewhere. I mean, there's there are no real you know solid roads. A lot of them are just dirt roads beating into the ground. Wow, you know stuff like that. So it's uh, it's hard to move. You know, for somebody to go somewhere like say police officer to go to Kabul for training, you know he may live 200 miles away and it may take him three three days to get there. Wow, amazing. Um, checking out your website a bit more here, Jason, and, um, you know, many people may not know, but, uh, so you're not just all powerlifting. I mean, you're, you're training, uh, other athletic, you know, endeavors, you know, regular people as well. I mean, I, yeah, I've got some, uh, and, and honestly right now it runs a gamut. I've got some, uh, small out of shape moms. My mom is uh, included in that. I've got some, uh, some, some college kids. You know, one of them's actually a med school student. You know, here in town, he's just uh, looking to get getting a bit better shape. He spends nine thousand hours a week studying and going to class, and is just looking, you know, for a way to unwind. I've got some a uh, couple baseball players, uh, high school football kid, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm not a uh, may sound bad, but I'm not going to turn away anybody's money. You know, one thing one thing I've noticed, maybe like to get your take on, is. You know, I'm, you're seeing it more and more nowadays that, you know, powerlifters, people with powerlifting background, um, are becoming just strength coaches for other sports. I mean, it's it's pretty neat how uh, that transition is going on, and people just, I think it's, uh, I guess, a realization that, hey, look, these guys know how to get strong and strength. There's more and more realization every day that, that strength does play a role in these other sports where kind of, weight training was uh, a bit frowned upon in the past. Yeah, like uh, ba- baseball's been huge. And I think the, uh, the steroid era for that, you know, <laughs> it's not, it's, I mean, you know, it sounds kind of bad, but, you know, you've got guys, you know, Mark McGuire who's jacked up, you know, Barry Bonds, you know, yeah. if he did or if he didn't, you know, it's up to him. Yeah. But, you know, that's, that's honestly a discussion I don't want to get into because it, it makes me angry. But, uh <laughs> You yeah, know, but, but you, wouldn't, you wouldn't be having the discussion if strength didn't matter. Yeah, yeah. But you know, these, these guys have gone and shown it. Like, well, yeah, you can be big and strong and hit baseballs 900 feet, and that's and you know, everybody can talk about pitching duels all they want, but 600 foot home runs are what put asses in the seats. You know, nobody wants to go and spend three hours and watch a game that's one to nothing. Right. Yeah. You know, but it, you know, it's done stuff like that. You know, guys like like Tiger Woods with the golf. Yeah, you know, you, you have a lot of old guys who are like, "Oh, my back hurts." You know, can you help me fix my back so I can play golf? But you know, Tiger Woods has put it in the mainstream. You know, he's he's not exceptionally strong. You know, he he wouldn't win any powerlifting meets, but at the same time, you know, three hundred pound bench is huge to ninety percent of guys who watch TV. Yeah, sure. And still uh, golf. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was the most. That was just a very cool put down. But anyway. Uh, well, what, what do you mean? To most well, guys who not... watch TV, that, <laughs> that was just hilarious. Well, I mean, you know what I mean. Oh, no, you're I, right, though. He, he's, he's a normal he's, person. He's, yeah, he's probably the strongest uh, PGA Tour player out there, uh, most likely. Yeah, and you, know, and you think, you know, to the to the normal person, you know, like you said, you guys play golf. The guy that you see out, you know, playing playing on the weekends, you know, in the foursome in front of you, you know, has a beer gut, you know, he can't see his dick, and he there's no way in hell he could do 10 push-ups if he had to. You know, he yeah. can't hardly fathom having to bench press 300 pounds or being able to. 
You know, so that's a huge deal. Oh, well, he does it. Maybe I should do it. No, hit hit balls like him. You know, it's kind of nice. You know, people's uh, the the fact that they're a bit naive does a lot for uh, strength training. I think as okay. as far as that goes, like I was saying, you know, it's not that they're uh, you know, not that they're ignorant, but they're just kind of wow, I could do that. You know, and it brings them into the gym. The golf, the golf market in itself is pretty amazing because I mean we've kind of narrowed it down to three things they want. They want a big drive. They want to have their back not hurt, and they want the girl that runs the stand to, to think they're hot. You know? Yeah, so, exactly. You know, strength training will do all those things. <laughs> Very cool. Well, um, should we, uh, Phil? Should we get into our topic here? Yeah, that sounds good. I'll cue it up. We're gonna run it over here. Okay, so uh, the, the topic for this week uh, I think is kind of interesting, and it's, it, it, it relates to the whole uh, mythical magic hour concept of, of, of training or working out. Uh, and, and by the way, this also reminds me of, of a similar uh, golden rule uh, that, that you, can't, uh, you can't digest more than 30 grams of protein at one sitting. So uh, in, in, in the light of that, uh, uh, we just wanted to chat a little bit, and 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 maybe if you're listening in online, maybe you can uh, you in in the uh, in the text field where you submit questions, maybe tell me how long your workouts take from from start to finish. Um, but uh, and this relates also to personal training, as as all of us know, because personal trainers and coaches tend to charge by the hour, which means that um, you know the workouts tend to be an hour long. So um, I'll just speak for, for myself, and I can speak for Phil as well, and then Jason can chime in. But, uh, I mean, I can tell you my workouts generally are about two hours, if not maybe slightly longer than two hours start to finish. And I think Phil's are probably also between two and two and a half hours. Um, Rob, how about you? And then Jason, you can chime in. Um, I would say the majority of my workouts are between 45 minutes and an hour and 15 Okay. Um, and then one workout every week is my squat workouts are usually it's longer. an hour and a half. Okay. Uh, interesting. So, uh, Jason, I guess the question is, how long does it take to get up to a 900-pound squat? <laughs> um, I'll say anywhere from 45 minutes to three, three and a half hours. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's yep. been my experience. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I relate to that. I mean, to me, the concept is I always try and get done as quickly as I can. But I mean, at the same time, depending on on the workout or where you are in your training cycle, um, I mean, obviously, yeah, I could go everywhere from. I mean, some I've done workouts that are like thirty minutes, um, but you know, and it it takes as long as it takes. Sometimes yeah. you're in the gym for two and a half hours. I mean, whatever. It's it's not a race. It's to get the job done and lift the way that you need to get lifted. Yeah. Well, I think I think the big thing to address is that I mean this fear of if I'm in there more than 45 or 60 minutes, I'm going to go catabolic and I'm going to get small and weak. And honestly, I mean a lot of these guys could end up doing more time in there, and if they want to get strong and not weak, I mean either that or quit playing around, you know, and then really get the job done. 
but. Well, to, to my knowledge, this whole idea is based on hormonal patterns. I mean, yeah. and the concept is is that your 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 uh, circulating testosterone will only you know be at reasonably high levels for a certain period of time. But yet, the funny thing is is that um, there has been no conclusive research showing that circulating testosterone really has much of any effect at all. So, uh, and as a matter of fact, there have been a number of strength training studies where they strength train uh, you know castrated rats. And they make as good a progress as, as the as the normal group of rats. So you know, getting stronger and uh, getting uh, you know adding lean mass is not a, a simple process. Um, I'd like to add I, something here, and yeah. not to be crude or anything, but I notice the heavier I go and the slower I go, the hornier I get immediately after training. <laughs> <laughs> you sick bastard! No, seriously, I'm 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 serious. It's it's, it's bizarre. If I go faster and lighter. And, and shorter periods, it doesn't that doesn't happen. But if I if I lift like a lot of weight, um, you know, and train relatively slow, that that seems to happen. Well, Rob, I believe you may have just identified our next topic of the week, so we'll do that one next week. <laughs> 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 but uh, anyway, I, I was going to say in my own case, you know, I've got t- I've got two factors for why my workouts are longer than an hour, and, and one is that I train with a group. And uh, almost most of the time, so you're, you know, you're um, to some degree kind of uh, rotating on equipment. And the other is, I'm a little older now, so it takes a little warm, a little longer to to kind of get warmed up. So, so that's that's what it is in my case. But it is funny, isn't it, how uh, how this whole idea of, of of the hour has has kind of come into play. And, uh, uh, and 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 the funny thing is, virtually no one I know, really, at least anyone I know who's successful in the gym generally are in the gym longer than an hour and, and often considerably well, longer. How much of this boils down to marketability? Yeah. You know, I mean, nobody wants to hear. The average guy watching TV that can't bench 300 pounds doesn't want to hear that he needs to go to the gym for more than 45 minutes. Yeah. You know, no, I mean, it's, you know, that could yeah. be the largest factor. Well, it's also, also just like you said, the personal training thing. It's just a, it's just a easy, convenient block of time to use as a gauge for what you're paying. You know, I pay yeah. you know for an hour kind of thing. Yeah, with the uh, with, with the personal training stuff though too, a lot of it, you know, um, like like for me, and, and I'll just verge off this for a second. But um, a lot a lot of it for me, you know, like my my regular personal personal training clients, you know, some of them come in and are so detrained. You know, they're just from sitting on the couch or, you know, they're in class 80 hours a week or, you know, what have you. You know, they, they don't have any sort of training base at all. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're ready to go home after two exercises. Yeah. Yep. You know, yep, and there's, sure. you know a, a lot of it, I think, too, depends on goals. Sure. You know, and like, you know, like Charles said, you know, being age is a factor. You know, strength levels, I think, are a huge factor. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's some, you know, it's a lot easier to warm up to a 400-pound squat than it is a 900-pound squat. Faster, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, yeah, they're just warm-ups, but at the same time, you know, you're, you're in, you know, lift or age into his work set, you know, at 300 pounds, and, you know, I'm still not into my workout or into my, uh, you know, my training weights at 600 pounds or 700 pounds. Sure. You know, so it, it makes a difference there too, I think. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. I think, you know, most people, like you said, it, it's especially the average client that, that most most people are used seeing, um, they don't have a reason to be in the gym longer than, than an hour, 45 minutes to an hour, because it only takes to create an event that, you know, stimulates progression. It doesn't take them that long. You know, I like the fact that you use the word event because I've always used that too. I mean, it's a difference almost like Charles is always talking about, you know, exercises for exercises versus athletes, right? I mean, if you're just exercising, I think most definitely you can get a lot, a hell of a lot done in 45 minutes. Yeah. But I mean, if you're an athlete and then using, you know, Phil's word of an event and you're trying to create an event with what it is that you do, you know, whether it be a squat, I mean, we don't walk in the gym and we don't train legs, right? We walk in the gym and we train the squat kind of a thing. It's a different mindset. So when you're training the squat, it's almost like Tom Platts used to say to me, it's like, you know, you're going in to do that exercise and that's the event, that's the sport, that's the game that day. You know, you're not a bodybuilder, you're not a powerlifter. That day you're a yeah. squatter, you know, and so you have to, it's almost like you have to create create the environment around the squat rack, you know, So and, and you know, by the time you get everything the way you want it and, like, you get your warm-ups done and, it, that, I mean, that alone can take, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes, an hour, like like you guys have said, before you're even kind of broaching the kind of weights that you have to hit that day. Well, and then, yeah. you know, it's, it's the whole day-to-day thing. I mean, I don't go in with a goal to spend two and a half hours doing something. I go in with a goal to get the job done. One day, exactly. it may take me five, six more warm-up sets because my hips are tight or this or that, you know. And, you know, one day I may go in and, damn, that's light. Let's just keep up with that weight, you know, and I blast through it pretty quick. So yeah. it kind of depends on it's, – it's not how long it takes. It's what you get done, you know, in, in the end. If I, if I get my goal done in a few minutes, fine. See you later. I'm out eating again. So that's all the better. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It just occurs to me. Um, I wonder if in a conscious or an unconscious way, I wonder if part of the success of CrossFit is due to the fact of, of how brief their workouts are most of the time. I just wonder if that's a factor, you know. I think it probably has something to do with it, yeah. yeah I think people think that um, – you know, the, the faster the faster they go and everything, of course, the more they sweat and so forth, and that that's an indicator for them thinking that they're getting something done. Which, in certain you know um, instances, of course, they are, but definitely. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. like 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 you said, you know that, and uh, you know, coupled with the fact too that you know a lot of people don't realize how hard they they're not working in the gym. Yeah, you know, guys equate, oh well, I, I squatted heavy. You know, so well, well, they they need more time. You know, they don't really, they don't really know how to work hard in the gym. If that makes sense, you know, I, I found out, I, I found out the hard way that uh, you you can't really push the pace. Um, there are times, you know, during the, this last block I went through, you know, for myself, that I would get through, you know, from the time I started my first work set on the squat. You know, I do five work sets on the squat. You know, granted, weight was lighter. You know, anywhere from the fifty to seventy percent range. But, um, you know, hit five work sets on the squat and get through six assistance exercises, you know, six sets of ten reps in an hour and 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, you you can push yourself, but a lot, a lot of guys don't, you know, don't push themselves. Yeah. So they'll cut stuff off, you know, oh, i got to be out of here in an hour. Well, you know, you can you can get a lot done in that time. Oh, yeah. And a lot, and a lot of it, too, I think, is guys just waste time. 
you know, kind of, kind of tying into what I was just saying there, but, you know, they'll do an arm day. You know, you don't, you know anybody who knows training knows that you don't really need direct bicep work. You know, my personal training clients don't do it unless they want to. And, you know, they'll say, hey, what about biceps? So they're like, okay, do some curls. You know, yeah, I kind of so, laugh at guys who come in the gym and say, oh, what are you training today? Arms. Okay. I could do yeah. that with soup cans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's true. I mean, it's, it's all about what you're doing. And, I mean, there's place. I think there is a place for for the faster workouts and, you know, working through fatigue. You know, hitting hitting weights you had done prior but doing it in a fatigue state and not resting as much and this and that really pushing through them. Um, and like you said earlier, Jason, I think it kind of boils down to what is the goal at the time of your training? What 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 part of your mental cycle or you know macro cycle, whatever are you in? What what what's your goal at this point? Exactly. But, you know, no, I, 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 I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead, Jason. I was just gonna say, you know, I I know a lot of guys now um, who are who are you know personal trainers or fitness coaches or you know what whatever they want to call themselves today. But who you know schedule guys for thirty minute blocks, you know, so they're taking an hour and cutting it in half. Yeah, you know, it's 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 a it's a monetary thing for them. But you know, you can get guys, you know, who think they, you know, they they can't be done in an hour, and these guys are getting them done in thirty minutes. Yeah, just okay. a, a different view of things, I guess. But I'm sorry for interrupting too. I'm bad about that sometimes. Oh, not a, not a problem. Not a problem. No, it was just it was I was just going to comment how it's interesting that all of us, you know, uh, you know, are doing workouts that, you know, for the most part are like 2 hours and and we're being efficient. I mean, we're examples of people who are not doing all the nonsense and uh, you know, we've got things pretty pretty well honed. So, uh, but it's interesting to see on the other end of this scope where you have people who are very inefficient and doing a lot of junk work and uh unnecessary and redundant types of exercises and yet they're getting in and out in an hour so it kind of really it's it's kind of interesting to look at the whole landscape of that i think you just hit on a good point though and i think it's uh maybe another reason why this whole 45 to 60 minute window comes up and, and it may be a help i mean if you only have if you have a person that's used to going in and doing 18 different exercises for their upper chest and then you know trying to isolate their uh, I don't know, rectus abdominal, whatever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's uh you knock them down to forty five minutes and say, Hey, this is all you got then uh you know, I guess the hope would be that they're gonna spend it squatting and, and overhead pressing and benching and deadlifting. You know, because uh, hey, we just cut your time in a quarter, so there's no time for doing maximum one R M tricep kickbacks with eighteen warm up sets. So. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know what? Uh, there's another interesting kind of facet to this as well, which is, um, you know, you think about, you know, everybody has their own concept of what Bulgarian training is, but this comes from Ivan uh, Abajiev, who was uh, met for many years the coach of the uh, Bulgarian uh, uh, national weightlifting team, which is the most successful team in the world for many years, and and uh, they they were known for for multiple workouts per day, but uh, each of those workouts. Uh, purportedly was, you know, like 45 minutes long. But what the difference is in their terminology is that if you rested at least 30 minutes between sessions, then then it's a separate session, if that makes sense. So so really they're doing like a four-hour block of training, but they have maybe two half-hour kind of 
breaks in between. So yeah. uh, these are also people that are doing it for a living. Yeah, yeah very, true. very true. You know, <laughs> when you get paid. <laughs> you know, and uh, I don't know. I think you know. The 45 to 60 minute window comes for the fact that most people, the average person in the world, despises physical activity. You know, I don't mind doing it too hard because I really like training and I like training hard. (laughs) Uh, Incidentally, I just want to break in here for all of our listeners um, because this is pertinent to to our audience, but uh, SlimFast has just ordered a recall on their shakes. Uh, because there are concerns of contamination. So for all you slim fast drinkers out there, uh, at least according to CNN.com, uh, uh, there is a slim fast recall. So uh, yeah, don't I'll be back in a minute, guys. That'll really help my listeners, too. Yeah. <laughs> you guys actually have You actually have Damn. one. Is it very slim fast? Mm. <laughs> yeah, I'm on the course. slim slow diet. <laughs> <laughs> the bulk slow. <laughs> bulk yeah. slow. That, that would yeah. never work as a product name at all. That's I think, I think for the not slim diet. <laughs> <laughs> so I think he feels to- totally on the money with this whole thing. The average person absolutely doesn't want to spend as much more time as the, than they have to. I mean, yeah. even like circuit training type stuff. I mean, it appeals to the average person because, like Phil says, it's like each of us, I'm sure, like anticipates our big workouts. Um, like tomorrow, I have my big workout, and I, I can't wait. You know, I can't wait to, wait to get in there. I mean, how many people you know will find any excuse they can not to go? Yeah. So, you know, the concept of them being there for, hey, I can get this, do the circuit training thing and be out of there in 20 minutes. And that's very, very appealing to most people. Yeah. I mean, and of course, you also have to factor in the fact that a lot of people just don't have the time. Um, they don't, yeah, really. Well, they don't make time. And that's also where the, the training comes in, where it's more how you feel, not what you get done type of thing. That's where a lot of that comes in. If I... If I hit 18 sets with 10 seconds rest and use pink dumbbells, I'm going to feel it, you know, so I think I've accomplished something. Well, what I mean when I say don't have time, of course, anybody has enough time for whatever they really prioritize, but we also have to consider that, you know, there are people there who don't prioritize like us, which which, which is, you know, which is fine. Well, that's their own fault. It's not mine. No, I'm just saying that, you know, you have to respect that some people's, you know, priorities aren't what ours are, right? And most Some people just don't really really no. care if they can squat 600 pounds, so yeah. it's fine. But, I mean, everybody should, to some degree, prioritize some sort of, you know, healthy endeavor, athleticism, yeah. so. So well, next week we'll have to find a guest who does two-hour yoga workouts. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, let's go let's, get um, some of these questions um, that we got here. Can, uh, can, I, can I add one thing real quick, too? Yeah. Uh, it's going to sound hateful, but I don't mean for it, too. But uh, honestly, too, I think a lot of it, you know, the fact that um, – a lot of it has to do with uh, muscle magazines. I don't mean any disrespect when I say this, so uh, so don't hold it against me. But, you know, you're, you see these guys, you know, and, and a lot of it, you know, it's in our articles, oh, 45 minutes, 60 minutes. You know, if you go into a commercial gym and actually watch people train, 90% of the people that you watch train are not in and out in 45 to 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like I, I, I belong to a commercial gym because we don't have any real – Real cardiovascular equipment, you know, we've got sleds and prowlers and stuff like that, but we don't have a treadmill at our gym. So I'll go over there to use a treadmill and stuff. But, you know, you watch a lot of these guys, and they go in, and they'll do a set on the bench, and they'll talk to their buddy for 10 minutes, do another set, you know, take a phone call, send some text messages, what have you. So I I think, honestly, 
a lot of it is um, just, you know, almost, almost like the media as far as that goes. You know, it's, it's real specific media. But, you know, you see on the news that everybody's getting swine flu. So, oh, God, you know, we're all going to die from swine flu. You know, I know one guy that's had it. You know, and I mean, not not to say sound like a big deal, but I, I know a lot of people. You know, yeah. talk to a lot of people, see a lot of things. You know, from the the Facebook and whatnot stuff. You know, just stuff like that. I know one guy that's had it. You know, but it's this huge national epidemic. I think, you know, uh, the the bodybuilding magazines are the same way. With a lot of it, you know, some of them have started to get away from it. Honestly, I haven't read many of them in a while. But a lot of them, you know, like, oh, you got to get out in 60 minutes. You know, but if you go and look, you know, at your gym, you'll see 90% of the people don't do it. Yeah. You know, so it's, I, I'd like to say, I'd like to think that it's not as big a deal as some people would have you believe. Much yeah. like a lot of things. Well, neatly enough, now that you brought up that part of the industry, too, I mean, a lot of it's, it's supplement sales driven because usually the ones that are saying that you need to be out in 45 to 60 minutes is because you need to have that drink within 45 to 60 minutes or you're going to, like, shrink up and become, you know, Brad Pitt and Fight Club instead of uh, some big beast of author. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, we don't talk about Fight Club, remember? <laughs> I don't. Okay, um, some of the questions I'm trying to start with, this is the kind of the first one that comes in. I have no idea what it means, but it's from... Brandon from Tega K, uh, South Carolina. Jason, why do you hate? Uh, why do you dislike five pound bags of M and M's? it's not the five pound bags of M and M's. It's the five hundred pound fat ass at the bank that's carrying them around. <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, who did you say it was from? Uh, Brandon. Oh, from Tega K, South Carolina. Oh, no, there was a uh, – it's, it's funny, it's from a Facebook post I made the other day. I was oh, over okay. at the bank trying to cash some uh, checks, and, you know, I'm, I'm standing there, and I talk to the woman at the desk, and she's like, no, you got to talk to a teller. So I'm like, okay. I turn around, and I look up, and there's this literally, I'm not kidding, 500-pound just fat tub of shit walks in, <laughs> and he's got, like, seriously clutched just as close to his body as he can hold it this Five-pound, like, I don't know if you guys have seen them. Five-pound bag of M&M's is huge. This guy's got a five-pound <laughs> bag of M&M's just, like, clutched to his chest, you know, to try and keep away from him. And here he's got, I'm not kidding, in his other hand, he's got, like, cash and his checkbook and, you know, some, some business checks or a paycheck, you know, that he's looking to put in the bank. I'm like, sweet Jesus, you fat ass. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to imagine the glycemic impact of five pounds of M&M's and... Uh... <laughs> I only Plus, have my me, normal calculator here. I don't have my scientific calculator right at hand. But. Well, okay. you know, at the same time, what do you, how many M&Ms are you eating where you need to carry a five-pound bag? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a trough. Yeah. I mean, do you need a shovel? You know, I don't know if you use a measuring cup and just pour them into your mouth or what. <laughs> I don't think you know the people that weigh his food. Um Okay, Josh from Sierra Vista, Arizona. Um, he read that you recently switched to raw lifting. Do you prefer uh, – basically, what are your thoughts between the two different styles, comparisons and differences? Um, well, I, I wouldn't say that I switched to raw lifting. I did it because I'm honestly, you know, truth be told, at the lowest level, I'm just a fan of being strong. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't like these guys, like I said before, who bench 350, throw on a shirt and do seven and a quarter. 
Yeah. I think it's, it's <laughs> I mean, you know, everybody's got their own goals. That's not for me. Um, raw lifting sucks, though, dude. That shit's so hard. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, all kidding aside, that shit's hard. You know, it's rough on your, you know, when you get, it's rough on your joints. You know, it takes forever to recover from, you know, just muscularly. It's like, man, it's, I, I got respect for those guys who do raw meats and aren't assholes. I'll say that much. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's like, it's hard training. Yeah. Oh, here you go. there. I mean, not taking away from the, from the gear stuff, but yeah. Um, oh, uh, no. I think Olympic lifts or their derivatives are useful to powerlifters. Um, uh, I'd say for, you know, some stuff, it, it depends on goals as far as that goes. Like, um, you know, I don't think, you know, outside, I, I'm a bit different in this, but like my traps have always grown more from doing like, uh, high poles, things like that than they have from deadlifts. Mm-hmm. You know, I, when I played football, you know, in, in college and stuff, I had big traps, you know, now I deadlift hundreds of pounds and my traps look like a 12 year old girl. So it's hard to say. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, that's that's why, you know, I think the only correlation there. I think um, as far as being a necessity, I would say not by any means. But, you know, if it's something you want to do, you know. Yeah. And I actually talk to guys a lot about this in the gym, you know, because we'll have some guys come in and want to do different stuff. And some of the guys freak out and they're like, oh, you know, he's not training with us. You know, nobody makes any money from powerlifting. Yeah. It's a hobby sport. You know, if it keeps bodies in the gym – you know, which in turn helps, you know, make the rent cheaper. Yeah, you know, I'm all for it. You know, if you want to do it, give it hell. I don't really think it'll be detrimental. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if you're not doing it, I don't think you're missing out, I guess, would be the best way to put it. Gotcha. Um, oh, I can't understand that one. Angry Coach from New York, New uh, York. Congratulations, oh, on, uh, congratulations on JasonFag.com. It's an awesome website. You said recently that you're happy with the accumulation block you just completed that uh, had so much GPT in it. Can you elaborate on that? How is it helping you through the middle stages of your current cycle? Um, honestly, yeah, you know, kind of going through it, you know, as far as touching on that, and I'd like to say thanks to uh, my friend, the Angry Coach, for the question. Uh, you guys should check him out if you haven't already. He's a very, very knowledgeable person as far as training goes. He's a, uh, I don't know, you guys can check him out on EliteFPS.com. But, uh, no, as far as the accumulation block goes, it did, um, you know, like I, I talked about earlier, the work that I did. You know, I did, let's say, two sets of four with 665, two sets of four with 685, and a set of four with 710. You know, that, that's a shit ton of squat work, you know, when you, when you have the total poundage. If you guys, you know, who are in gear have never tried to do it, uh, reps are brutal. <laughs> You know, like that. And then I went on and did, uh, you know, I worked up to 600 pounds for 585, you know, for, uh, you know, below the knee for a set of eight on the rack pull. And then squatted 330 for 25, you know, with my uh, high-speed Olympic shoes on. I do own Olympic weightlifting shoes, just so you guys know. You know, like that. And then did ab work. And, you know, that that will kill you. You know, it's a shitload of weight. The volume, the volume is not as high, but the intensity is pretty high on it. And it's just, um, you know, Tuesday I woke up, you know, wasn't real sore. actually felt good. I was able to make it through the training, you know, Monday, which, you know, it doesn't look like a lot on paper, but when you get into it and do it, you know, it's, it's a lot of work. But, uh, you know, Tuesday was a little sore. Wednesday I felt fine. And, uh, 
you know, I, I think it really prepared me, you know, helped me to recover, you know, to train during this block, which is, like I said before, you know, 90% of the strength gains yeah. in a training cycle will come from this block. So, you know, it, it's a big deal to be in shape for it, and the fact that I'm ready means a lot to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a total difference. I mean, talking about the reps and at a, at a fairly heavy weight compared to the heavy weights, um, yeah, I mean, I go through blocks of that myself, too, and it's uh, it's a, just a deep, deep muscle soreness that you get from that that's just, just horrible compared to, I don't know, if you yourself, you know, the heavyweight's more to me, heavyweight, low volume, it's more joint soreness. And, uh, but the, uh, you know, the reps prior can really, like you said, boost boost that recovery and whatnot. Yeah, and that's why, I mean, you know, it's like I'm, you know, I I, I don't really look it, but honestly right now I'm in pretty good physical shape from the work that I've done. And, uh, you know, like you said, I, I think it really helps. You know, I'm not sore at all today. I'm going to go in and deadlift and, you know, I feel 100% ready to go in and, you know, pull twice and squat once today. Yeah. Um, another one from the anger coach. Uh, he's congratulating you on your side again. Um have you found that your uh, presence on Facebook has helped your business so far? Yes. As, yeah. as far as website traffic, absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, looking through the, the analytics and stuff, probably uh, I'm going to say almost 50% of my website traffic that comes from uh, referral sites is through mm-hmm. Facebook. So, absolutely. Yeah. It's an interesting site for sure. I mean, that's what I know we get a lot of our viewers here from, from there. Yeah. yeah. It's just. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a great tool. You know, I'd really hate it to see it become like Twitter, where it's strictly yeah. a marketing uh, marketing arm and nothing else. But honestly, I don't think enough people on there really care, you know, work for themselves or things of that nature like they do on Twitter, or they yeah. just pour out their, themselves and their services and nothing else. No, it's, it's fantastic. In my in my company, we uh, we will not reject a friend request unless it's a guy with no shirt on. But other than that, we'll accept it all. <laughs> I've had a couple I've had to request, but it's for strictly personal, or uh, a couple that I've had to uh, deny, but it's strictly for personal reasons. Yeah. But uh, other than that, I'm I'm in the same boat. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great way to get the word out about about good things, and I mean, it's uh, you know, I've met a lot of people through various avenues, but uh, um, yeah, I, I think I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh. I was just going to kind of uh, shoot one more at you to see what what your plans are. What, what do you got coming up competition-wise and everything? Uh, I've got a meet uh, February 7th. There's a, there's actually two meets. I'm not sure what one I'm going to do yet. It's kind of uh, – I've got to talk to my social coordinator. One of them is in uh, Missouri, and the other one is in Ohio. I'm looking at both of them. It's kind of nice that I don't have to train specifically for them as far as being different dates. But uh, once I talk to the – you know. I want to say social coordinator, I mean my wife, but once I find out how far I'm allowed to travel, I have a better idea what one I'm going to do. She's uh, cool. She drops a hammer. She doesn't like me leaving all weekend, and really, you know, it's, it's like anything else in the marriage. I put up all the fight I want, but it doesn't matter. You know, it's strictly for, uh, you know, self-preservation. Like, yeah, I tried to tell her, and she said no. She just wouldn't change her mind. <laughs> you know, one of those type deals. Gotcha. Um, well, geez, we got another one from Anger Coach here. Um, <laughs> did, your tattoos, did your tattoos do anything to help your powerlifting total? Oh, Absolutely. 
tattoos and Copenhagen will make you stronger than anything. Steroids, <laughs> supplements, good training, gear. It's all about tattoos and Copenhagen. <laughs> yeah, but I you, thought you, that say, was... you say this, but I'm sure you've never given the M&Ms a solid shot. Oh, come on. 300 pounds? I, I've been a 5 330. I've given <laughs> M&Ms quite a shot multiple times. <laughs> Not necessarily five pounds at a rip, but, you know, I've put some effort into my M&M training. And that goes along with, that goes along with McDonald's and Wendy's and Oreos and, you know, two liters of pop, cases of beer. Yeah. You're going to have to write an article on optimal M&M intake or something and, and squat volume. Yeah. <laughs> and you get like a pound of M&Ms per, I don't know, metric ton lifted or something like that. Yeah, well, I found what you have to do is you have to find a uh, willing spotter who will just pour a handful into your mouth between reps. There you go. Because it's, you, uh, you know, those, it's, uh, you know those funny beer hats and they just kind of pour m and through the hose. Do you know, I, I was thinking the exact same thing. It's all in the delivery system. And <laughs> M&M's have a downside. It's that you have to chew them. Or I mean, I guess you don't have to, but. Yeah, that didn't sell. It doesn't sell. Well, yeah. if, you can, if you can get the guy that pours beer down your mouth with the M&Ms while you squat, that's usually uh, best for the glycemic loading index thing. There you go. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I uh, get to find a guy with three hands. It's, it's just too much no, work for one guy. No one ever says stuff like this when Lonnie's here. No. <laughs> <laughs> what a downer. Right. Uh, yeah. Jason, just want to thank you for coming. Um I want to tell everybody that's listening, you can right on the, the site, the big link on the site, you can go to jasonpegg.com from there. Um, check out everything he has coming up, uh, articles and his training services. Even Hell, you even got massage services available. But, um, you know, check all that. I'll look for articles coming from him, and uh, just want to thank you for coming on today. Oh, well, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, also, I'd like to mention that it's not me that's doing the massages. It's my wife. And I put a picture oh, of her out there. Just thank God. And, and also, I want to I urge everybody listening right now: take a picture of yourself with no shirt on, change your change your uh, your profile picture, and then send a friend request to, to Jason see if he accepts it. I'm all about muscle bears, dude. If you've got back hair, show it, because I'm all for it. <laughs> All right, then, then take a picture of your of your back hair and use that as your profile pic. That's what we got to start. We got to start a back hair profile pic uh, face group. Yeah, right, oh, it's so fun unless they like shave some kind of animal into it, like you do bushes or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we can like a, we can have a contest. We can have a giveaway. The best landscaping or something. <laughs> Sorry about hey guys, can I uh, can I add one more thing before we cut off here? Yeah, go for it. Um, I'd just like to take a second and say uh, thanks to Dave Tate, Jim Wimler, and the guys at uh, LeadFTS.com for uh, sponsorship. Um, I'm really appreciative of that. If you guys uh, have any questions as far as the M&M loading protocols go, they do have a.